Today, I'm not going to take long. I'm just going to share quickly a godly mother's vision. A godly mother's vision. How many of you thankful that somebody saw something in you? Somebody believed in you. The text this morning, I have two locations. I have three verses in Exodus 2, and I have one verse in Hebrews 11 from the Hall of Fame of Faith. Listen as we read. About this time, a man and woman from the tribe of Levi got married. That's Amram and Jochebed. You have to really dig into the word to find out the parents' names of Moses. Dad was Amram, mother was Jochebed. It says, the, the woman became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She saw that he was a special baby and kept him hidden for three months. But when she could no longer hide him, she got a basket made of papyrus reeds and waterproofed it with tar and pitch. She put, everybody say put, she put the baby in the basket and laid it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile River. Hebrews 11:23. it was, everybody say, by faith. This is the faith chapter, the Hall of Fame of Faith in Hebrews chapter 11. It was by faith that Moses' parents hid him for three months when he was born. They, say it with me, they saw that God had given them a what? An unusual child, and they were not afraid. Look at your neighbor and say, ain't scared. They were not afraid to disobey the king's command. One thing, one thing this morning. A godly mother sees in you what others don't, protects you like others won't, and trusts God for you like others can't. Uh, if you don't hear anything else I've said today, that'll preach right there. Come on, read it with me. A godly mother sees in you what others don't, protects you like others won't, and trusts God for you like others can't. Help us, Holy Spirit, today. We lean into you. Thank you that the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is dwelling in us as a people. As individuals, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Collectively, God, you're building up a spiritual house to offer spiritual sacrifices to God continually. Thank you for the fruit of our lips that you create, Father. For, to do good and communicate, forget not, for with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. Hebrews 13, 15 says. Help us today. I need you. I'm desperate for you. I lean into you, Holy Spirit. Lord, we as a people need you. Be the ears and the eyes and the hearts of these people and let the word of the Lord penetrate. Father, hurts, wounds, hard places. Pull up, oh God, the weeds. Plow out the rocks. Help us haul all that stuff off so that our souls may be good soil to receive the good word of the good news of the gospel. And everybody said, amen. This is Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. Look at somebody and say, Happy Mother's Day. So I thought you might enjoy a list of things that our mothers taught us. My mother taught me logic. She says, if you fall off that swing and break your neck, you can't go to the store with me. As well as, if everyone else jumped off a cliff, would you do it too? How many of you heard that? My mother taught me humor. When that lawnmower cuts off your toes, don't come running to me. That's almost sadistic, I'm telling you. My mother taught me genetics. You are just like your father. Somehow I think that's a left-handed compliment when I heard it. 
My mother taught me anticipation. She says, just wait until your father gets home. My mother taught me about receiving. You're going to get it when I get you home. <laughs> My mother taught me religion. She said, you better pray that will come out of that carpet. My mother taught me about stamina. You'll sit there until every bit of that spinach is finished. My mother taught me about the circle of life. I brought you into this world and I can take you out. <laughs> and the all-time favorite thing that my mother taught me is about justice. One day you will have kids and I hope they turn out just like you. <laughs> then you'll see what it's like. I can't wait. Ooh, I'm telling you the truth. My mom and dad both told me, said, son, you just wait. You'll pay for your raising. And my goodness, did they ever know what they were talking about. <laughs> I talked to Drew this morning. He said, I just wanted to call and tell you I love you. I said, are you doing okay? He said, I'm hanging in there. And uh, got little, my first grandchild is on the way, be here in September. <laughs> Ooh. They don't have an eye, they don't have a clue what's about to happen in their lives. <laughs> but I'm thankful for all of those humorous things that I had a mom in the middle of all those circumstances who loved me with a with as nearly like the unconditional love of God as there is on the earth. I think if anybody has a demonstration of the kind of love that doesn't quit and 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 sticks through thick and thin, like our Heavenly Father does, it would be your mama. Your mom and them. Mama is so important. I'm so thankful for a mama who never gave up on me and who prayed. Who knew even in the season when I was mad at God and hated the church, 17, 18 years old, out trying to get drunk, trying to smoke some pot, and you know, I, 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 I never did get what the deal was. I had some buddies who had some, and I, I, I can't say like Clinton. I'm not going to say I didn't inhale, because I did. I, I took a big old draft off of it. And you know, all it did was just make me hungry, and I didn't need anything that was going to make me eat any more food than I already did. <laughs> now, I don't want to offend you this morning, but we try to keep it real at Victory. Everybody say, let's get Let's get real. Ain't no sense in being churchy and being religious and being pharisaical. And I, um, my friend, my best friend from first grade, I visited over a weekend back at the end of March, 1st of April. And he told me, he said, you know, Mike, he said, um, there on the tail end of the end of school, I, I, I saw Miss Mary and I said to her, I said, Miss Mary, did you know what we were doing when we were out all those hours? You know, we were out, a couple of young guys together and trying to chase girls and just do all the crazy stuff that, you know, guys were doing. And, and she said, oh, yeah, I knew exactly what you were doing. And he said, did you ever worry about us? She said, no, because I prayed every night that the Lord would bring you home safely. How many of you are thankful for a mama who prayed? <laughs> Three points real quickly, not going to be long, really, this morning. First point is that godly mothers see. They see. They see what we're doing. They love us in spite of some of our periods of rebellion. I had grown up in church. I was a church boy. I was sitting on one of the instruments. 
from the time I was 10 years old. And I traveled up and down the eastern seaboard and throughout the south, 13, 14, 15 years old with a couple of different evangelists. And it gave me kind of a, not just a bird's eye view, but kind of a right up microscopic close view to the humanness of some guys that I really idolized. And one of them crushed me because I realized it was a sham. And I got mad at God. Why did you let this happen in my life? Why did um, these circumstances take place? And so just let me just say right now, any of you, if you've ever been church hurt, don't, don't raise your hand. Because if you've been in church very long, you've been church hurt. Because people are people. And I've had pastors hurt me. And let me just say this. If you hang around victory for a while, you're, you're going to get offended. It's just people. People are just... And it doesn't mean that anybody intentionally does it. Stuff just happens. Are, are you with me? And, and in the process, uh, as I've sort of taken the rake and the shovel and kind of worked back over those periods of my life, I realized that God was trying to mature me a little bit so that I wouldn't be so stinking easily offendable like a, like a, like a three-year-old. Come on, somebody. Would, would to God that people could grow up a little bit uh, in there and mature a little bit spiritually and, and not see life like a junior high, like a seventh grader. Now, we love seventh graders, but thank God we don't stay in that phase. Somebody say amen. And, and godly mothers see. Mothers began, my mom began to pray for restoration because I'd, you know, once been very on fire for the Lord and, and loved the Lord. Even in the middle of all of that, trying to do that, every night I'd come home and lay in my bed and I would look up at the ceiling and I would go, God, please don't let go of me. And I, I knew I loved the Lord, and my, my theological base wasn't strong enough to know that he ain't never going to let go of me, but I didn't know that. And so I was always praying, God, don't let go of me. My mother was always praying, and she was seeing things inside me that I'm grateful that I didn't see it my, in myself. And so mothers are able to see things in their children. Is that scripture that we said, if you would put it back up for me again in Exodus chapter 2, it says, she saw. She saw, verse 2, uh, Exodus chapter 2, verse 2, the woman became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She saw. Everybody say, she saw. And so I believe God gives moms the ability, a kind of a super, superwoman, superhuman ability, not just x-ray vision, but you can see down into the heart of your child and you can recognize a particular gifting or something on his or her life that others don't see yet. Now, I don't want to be offensive with this, but you can even have an ugly baby. And how many of you know every crow thinks theirs is the blackest? And first of all, there are no ugly babies. Every baby is beautiful. But no matter what anybody else thinks in the world, you're the mom. You're going to look at your baby and you think this is the best thing that's ever come since sliced bread. And that's the way mamas do. And thank God mamas do that. Thank, thank the Lord mamas have the ability to see something in a season in our lives when we don't even yet see it develop. She sees the seed. She sees the potential. Maybe it's a prophetic understanding that the Lord gives her for the next generation. If, if, if you've been blessed enough to grow up in a home where you've got a mom who prays and she gets a hold of the Lord and you know she's got a dose of the Holy Ghost on a regular basis, thank God for those moms who can see something in you that you don't yet see in yourself. She saw. I just want to say to you that no one can see, no one can challenge you to be the best like mom can. Nobody has the ability to speak faith and call up out of you and say, I just believe you can do this. 
I just believe that if you will trust God, I remember having my mom tell me uh, in periods of my life where I was really leaning into a promise of God and trusting for something, and, and she would just say, Michael, don't quit. Just trust the Lord. Just put your faith in God. And she was always encouraging. She was always my cheerleader. She was always building into me, investing in me, telling me that if I would trust God, nothing would be impossible for me. I'm thankful that mothers, godly mothers see. Because a godly mother sees in you what others don't. And a godly mother will protect you like others won't. And a godly mother will trust God for you like others can't. My second point this morning is that very thing. Godly mothers protect. No one will ever go to the extremes to protect her children like mom will. You see the story here and you know what's happening Children of Israel have been in Egypt for four generations. The promise comes to Abraham in Genesis 12 and 15 and 17, and God speaks three times to Abraham, and he says, I'm going to give you a seed, a people that you're going to be the father of. I'm going to make you the father of many nations, and your seed is going to be an innumerable company that are greater than the dust of the earth and the sand of the sea and the stars of the heavens. Three different metaphors God speaks prophetically into Abraham and he says, but you know what? I'm going to give you a land where that seed is going to grow up in and prosper in. He said, but it's not going to come at this moment because the cup of the Amorites has to be filled full. I'm going to bring judgment and I'm going to dispossess those people from that land and I'm going to give it to you, the Lord said to Abraham. So four generations, four 100-year periods, 400 years later, Joseph has come out of the pit of the prison and he's ascended the throne in, in Egypt and he's the second in command of Pharaoh. He is the prime minister of Egypt. God's favor was upon his life. But yet Joseph has since then long died and another Pharaoh has arisen who didn't know the story of Joseph. And the people of Israel have multiplied like rabbits. And the Pharaoh currently was afraid of them and wanted to control the population. And he issued an edict, a command, an order that said every male child born to the women of Israel must be thrown into the Nile River and be sacrificed to the gods of the Nile. And isn't it interesting that the very commandment that Pharaoh made is the means that Jochebed, mother of Moses, used to protect him. Uh, there wasn't a, 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 a pulling out. There wasn't sort of a rapture, so to speak, to pull Moses out of the problem. But God protected Moses in the middle of the very curse that Pharaoh had commanded. But it took mom to prepare a little boat, a little miniature ark, so to speak, a little something that she weaved, she wove together out of papyrus reeds and and she put her thinking cap on and prayed and, and she waterproofed that thing with pitch and tar and, you know, she had her own DIY channel way back 4,000 years ago. And she's building something, a little cocoon that's going to protect the, the greatest treasure that she's ever seen in her life because she saw that God had given her an Amram, Exodus 2 says, a special child. Hebrews 11 says, an unusual child. How many of you know moms have the ability to see 
something in your life that nobody else sees yet because it has to do with the destiny that is before you, the potential that is in you, uh, the prophetic declaration that God has over your life because every man and woman in this room is a person of destiny. Some of you have never heard that before in your lives. But God has a plan for you. God has a desire for you to give you a hope and a future, Jeremiah 29, 11 says. Plans that will bless you and prosper you, not will harm you. Difficult seasons we walk through, but if we can know that, if we can recognize that there is something that God looks at me and sees, there is a special aspect, an unusual aspect to my life. Yes, we're all human. There's so many ways that we're all alike, but they're unique and very specific ways that every individual in this room is different from the other people sitting here. Mom has the ability to see that. And because mom sees what others don't, she will protect me the way others won't. And so when, when Jochebed recognizes that she can't keep this baby quiet any longer because a growing, strong, strapping little boy starts to make some noise, and folk are going to realize she's had a boy. And the commandment of the king is that boy child has to be thrown into the Nile River. And you know the story. The, the, little, the sister, the, the big sister, thank God for some big sisters in the room, who will get in the water and take that little ark with that baby in it and just kind of hide back in the rushes as she pushes us out into the way where literally sister of Pharaoh decides she's going to adopt this baby and she's going to name him Moses, which means drawn from the water. A special child, an unusual child, one that the mom had seen something others didn't see. And, and, and the relative of Pharaoh sees something, something beautiful, something very handsome, something striking, something that captivates you. You look at this baby's face and, and she just says, I've got to save this baby. This is a Hebrew baby, but I'm going to raise him in the house like it's my own. <laughs> And right under Pharaoh's own nose, God was raising up a deliverer that was going to be used to dismantle and tear down the bondage that he had created. Come on. God has a way. God will sneak in the back door if he has to. And God did because a mama would. Because a mama saw what others didn't and a mama did what others wouldn't. And she protected that child. I'm thankful where mama at the, uh, my mom growing up would occasionally say, I want to know who you're hanging around with. Kids would come in my house, and he, she would say, who's your mom and daddy? Where do you live? And I'd go, Mom, don't give them the, the third degree. She said, absolutely, I'm going to give them the third degree. I want to know who you're hanging out with because who you hang out with is going to influence how you think and how you act. <laughs> I remember a parent coming to me here a few years ago because she was frustrated and she said, you know, I don't know what to do because I, I, I asked, I told my daughter, I said, you're not going to hang out with them. And my daughter said, mama, that's not right. Don't judge. And I said, let me just tell you how you arm yourself with that next time because that is the, the, the most abused, the most misinterpreted, misunderstood passage of scripture utilized by an otherwise humanistic culture and a media. Don't judge. How many of you know it literally means don't be judgmental, but it doesn't mean check your discernment at the door. And so I explained it to her this way. I said, you know, I have a daughter that I see a great treasure in, that the hand of the Lord's on her life, and she's going to be a world changer. And I said, you know, young man comes in the church, gets saved, he's, he's been on drugs, he wants to date my daughter. That's great. Take some time. You're not going to do it right now because I'm going to see if this change in you is legit. Oh, you're being judgmental. No, I'm being a parent. 
I'll love you, I'll mentor you, but you ain't going to date my, my treasury right now. Not yet. Maybe, you know, I, I, nobody, nobody is so bad that God can't redeem them and give them a second and a third and a fourth chance. But right now, I'm guarding that treasure, and you ain't going to touch that treasure. Now, show me that it's real, and yeah, we'll talk. How many of you see that? So, Mama was basically insulating. She was protecting Moses from all of the elements, all of the bondage, everything that was around him. Because godly mothers will do what others won't. And I'm thankful for that. Finally, this morning, my third point is that godly mothers trust God. Godly mothers demonstrate what it means to, to live a life of faith. I'm thankful that I will always, I can hear the sound of my mother praying. I, I remember as a little boy just peeping in the door and, and she was on her knees kneeling down beside the bed and my sister was living in California and her husband was uh, in the Navy and had, he'd been stationed out there and was actually on one great big aircraft carrier during the Vietnam War and and, and she was praying for my sister Phyllis and she was holding a picture of her and just groaning and just in the spirit, God cover and protect and guard. And she was desperate before God. And I stood there and watched my mother weep tears and she didn't know I was watching her and it marked my life because I knew that she loved her children so much and that the same kind of prayer she would pray for Phyllis, she would pray for Jim and she would pray for me and she would pray for Dewey. Because godly mothers will trust God. They will believe the Lord for things that other people can't. They will trust God like others can't. They don't have that ability. They don't have that kind of faith. Certainly not in you. And they may not even know the Lord, but because my mama knew God, I'm so thankful for that. I'm thankful to be a fourth generation, spirit-filled, tongue-talking Christian, full of the Holy Ghost. No one can influence you like your mom can. She prayed and she fasted and she touched my heart in so many ways. As I close this message this morning, there are several very significant people who acknowledged how important mom was in their lives. John Quincy Adams, the sixth president of the United States, said, all that I am, my mother made me. Abraham Lincoln, the 16th president of the United States, said, all that I am or hope to be, I owe to my angel mother. Dwight L. Moody, the famed evangelist, declared, all that I have ever accomplished in life, I owe to my mother. Napoleon, who was elected the emperor of France on May 18, 1804, said, let France have good mothers and she will have good sons. Isn't that good? We need good mamas. Benjamin West, famous painter, was born in Springfield, Pennsylvania. By the time he was 28, he was the most popular painter in London. He started the art world, startled the art world with his death of General Wolfe. He also painted death of, on the pale horse, but Benjamin West declared, a kiss from my mother made me a painter. Henry Ward Beecher, one of America's most notable preachers of the past, once said, the memory of my sainted mother is the brightest recollection of my early years. James Garfield was elected the 20th president of the U.S. in November 1880. His first act after being inaugurated president of the United States was to stoop and kiss his aged mother who sat near him. They say that man is mighty, he governs land and sea. He wields a mighty scepter on lower powers than he. But mightier power and stronger 
man from his throne has hurled. For the hand that rocks the cradle is the hand that rules the world. And what I want to say to you this morning, every mom in this room, especially those with newborns, we're blessed to have a number of those in the assembly, the fellowship here. Moms, look with faith. See what others don't see. Moms, speak words over that baby girl and over that baby boy. You don't know what you have in your house. It could be a, a future senator of the United States. It could be the first female president in your house. It could be someone who would discover the cure for cancer. It could be a great musician. It could be a teacher that changes the delta because of a vision in his heart or her heart. There's unlimited potential there, and they're, they're going to leave the place of comfort, that insulation of that little ark of safety that you build and nest around them in the home, and they're going to be knocked around and bullied, and kids are going to say things. They're going to go out in the world and and how you help them grow and grow strong to be able to deal with those circumstances are going to mean everything as to whether or not they're able to mature and be emotionally stable and be someone who can face the challenges of life and the storms that are going to come. You know, one of the issues that I have with some of the some of the TV gospel that we hear, it's almost the idea that if you come to Jesus that life just all of a sudden becomes rosy. Everything is just blessing after blessing. You know, I'm thankful that knowing God, uh, what is it, Psalm 68? This one just crossed my mind. It, Blessed be the Lord who daily loads us with benefits, even the God of our salvation, Psalm 68, 19. I'm grateful to have a Father that pours out blessing on me. And, I'm, and it's not just the material blessings, but it's the awareness of a relationship that I have with Him that carries me when I don't see the blessings, that carries me when, when, there's no, when there's no possibility of sunshine, when the stormy winds are blowing and the tornado is shaking my house. I don't mean literally. I'm talking about just the storms of life, financial and relational and, and children and, and just job and career and family and all the stuff that we have to wrestle down sometimes. You're, you're laying the foundation in the life of someone who can be a champion for God, if you will remember that. See what others don't. Don't back up from being a mama. Let them grow up and don't be their best friend. I know that's the popular thing. Turn on TV shows and all the, all the girls trying to be their mama's big sister. And you're going to fail if you try that mess. Be her mama. Be his mama. Tell them the truth. But when they miss it, believe in them and raise them up and strengthen them. And Come on, somebody. And when they break your heart like they're going to, Forgive them and love them anyway. Forgive them and love them anyway. Because their day's coming and they'll raise some children and they'll pay for their raising. And they'll look back and they'll call you up and they'll go, Mama, you were so right. I didn't have a clue. And I'm so thankful for you. I'm thankful to be in a season right now where both of my children, they don't do it all the time, but once in a while they'll just be thinking about me and they'll just call and say, Dad, and they'll have a memory that I'd forgotten about. 
Let us say, I'm so thankful that you've not quit. So thankful that in the middle of the stuff that we face as a family, you've just kept trusting God. And I'm thankful. Thankful this morning that if you do that, God has blessings for you that are absolutely indescribable. Thank you for indulging me this morning. This is the first real Mother's Day message I've tried to get through since I lost Dawn. And I'm thankful that my kids had a wonderful mama, an amazing mom. And I just want to say to you right now, as much as we love you and honor the moms, there are folks here this morning that are hurting. This, this day has a sting to it. And I'd like, if you would, as they bring the lights down, if you would just bow your hearts with me, please, for a word of prayer.